we are good to go for majority of you if you are actually watching and you're not in your car taking your dog for a walk or on the treadmill you will recognize these beautiful beautiful faces that are on the couch with me but for the new people that are in the world of the jazz tack our podcast i will spend a couple of seconds introducing this gentleman right to the right of me Ooh. the bald-headed but yet beautiful beautiful mr simeon papa elias aka my business partner for now coming up to where we at brother 20 years almost doing this together 18 um I don't know if I made this joke or if you came up with it. 18 years. You're the, you're the second spouse I never really needed in my life. But um, <laughs> Who's the yeah. first? Yeah, well. <laughs> um, I love my wife. <laughs> you know Can you go um, backwards yeah. on the show? No, or? not at all. Not at all. My wife knows. Um, Mr. Simeon Papaelius, co-founder with me at REC Canada. The gentleman to the right of him, none other than Mr. Christopher Slidem. Broker of record, but so much more of that in the world of Royal LePage Signature, which houses now over 1,500 realtors. I emphasize that because I do know a lot of people in this industry that have a lot of agents in their brokerages, and they're very good at what they do. And then I know a lot of people, including Simeon, including myself, that love the world of real estate, like the market and you know uh, uh, finding opportunities and certain strategies. But I've said this before, and I think he's heard me say it, but maybe I haven't said it on air. I yet have not come across anyone who has the hybrid of both, the ability to know the market as well as he knows it because he's been doing it for such a long time, and not because he's old, but his family has been in this industry for coming up to, I believe, six decades now but then also have such a large organization of real estate agents and real estate professionals, i.e. mortgage uh, brokers as well. And so I've never yet come across somebody who has the hybrid of both. And so Christopher, uh, as always, I'm so thankful for your time because I know how busy you are, but you always give us the love, myself and Simeon. How are you doing first and foremost? I'm great and thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Love, love chatting real estate. So well, always make time for that, that's uh, for sure. I was talking to the team yesterday when I was just letting them know who's on and they're like well Chris has been he's done this with you so many times I was like he's done a lot of content with me but this is the first time that he's actually on the Jazz Tackar podcast and specifically in studio yes with the whole new makeup and setup and all that kind it's of fantastic stuff. So, so I appreciate that oh, See thanks for having you doing, me brother I'm doing really well my man I'm very happy to be here <clears throat> and look forward to a great conversation to put an end to this uh, beautiful 2023 of ours yeah did I hear a hint of sarcasm there? No. About the market? No, okay. Because <laughs> the we market all, is fantastic. We, we were all just at, we were all just exactly almost a week ago, tomorrow, we were at the annual Royal LePage Signature Awards luncheon, um, top realtors in the industry, not just in the office. Um, and you said something from stage that Chris and I were laughing about afterwards. You said something, the most repulsive year <laughs> in real estate. Do you even remember saying oh, that? Oh, I, I do. I do. I do. It was very intentful. It was very intentful. Um, at, at, at the time, what I will say is I couldn't be more proud to see a parade. Uh, again, we have a very big office and people who are, you know, getting recognized for their achievements. Uh, some of them were, like we had our rookie of the year on our team, yeah. Mr. Imran Jaxi. Big props to Imran. His best year yet. 
well into the six figures in what is the worst year on record in real estate history in our entire career. So in the 18 years that we've been around as an, as an in, in, in the industry, this is the worst performing year yes. since my entire career. Yeah. We finished first at our brokerage. We did millions of combined gross commission incomes for our team and us. Mm-hmm. Very grateful, very blessed. All is good. But at the end of the day, we had to work three or four times harder, and I'll, and I'll substantiate that, mm-hmm. um, three or four times harder to make 30% less revenue revenue yeah. year over year. Yeah. And last year was not the greatest year of all time. 2021 was the banner year in real estate. Yeah. No doubt yes. about it. Yeah. But 2023 was the worst since 2001. So if anybody in this business got into this business in 2002 and later, which is 80% of agents, mm-hmm. this is the worst year on record. When I was sitting on that, when, I, when we were on that stage to receive our awards, it's not because I'm ungrateful. It's simply the fact that I wanted to recognize that a young agent coming into the business, having their best year yet, doesn't even know any different. Mm-hmm. Well, I think And I was, was so proud to see that because that, like you, you see a young man or a young lady proudly walking to the stage, you know, like they did mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there knowing that revenue is down 30%. Mm-hmm. 30% is substantial. Mm-hmm. It's Chris, very in, big. In your six decades of with your family, mm-hmm. would you agree with what Simeon's uh, talking about when it comes this being like the worst year that you've ever seen as well? Uh, y- yes. The caveat to that is the early 90s were... Uh, I were, were worse actually um, a lot worse a lot worse in the sense of for homeowners the volatility of prices was was greater so there was bigger losses bigger adjustments in prices so from a from a homeowner standpoint this correction we're in is not as bad as the correction of the early 90s from a business standpoint the business of uh, real estate sales this is the toughest market in history uh, because of the ratio of because of the the low we haven't seen sales at this level the year hasn't finished yet but uh, the toronto uh, regional real estate board will end up with a sales unit sales number similar to what happened in 2000 2001 so that's you know 20 after the tech bubble that was also a challenging year challenging year as well so the difference, though, is there's now 65 from it. This is just business, right? Yep. This does the for the end for the our, our investors out. And there. we're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. So, so this is just the business of real estate brokerage. Um, you know, there's 70,000 licensed realtor members of the Toronto Real Estate Board now. Back in 2001, I think it was 17,000. Because I got licensed in 24, uh, I think in, in 2004, and I think I came in when there was 35,000. So yeah. in that three so years, it, yeah, it yeah. kind of grew yes. quickly in that time period. I think 17 is right. Don't quote me on it, but it, call it 20. Sure, call it 25. Sure, call it 30. <laughs> right? There's 70,000 people now trying to make a living in a market where there are fewer transactions than there was in 2000. In one, when there was 
I think it was 17,000, but call it 20, like whatever number you yep. want. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting business challenge. And again, we're not, uh, I'm not saying this to, you know, cry the blues or anything. It's just facts. These are just, and every industry jazz goes through this. Like, you know, that when we were busy in 20 and 21, there were thousands of people in Canada that in, in different industries that were suffering tremendously, right? right? Mm -hmm. You think of the hospitality industry and the cycle they went through. I mean, devastating, devastating. Well, through COVID, 80% of hospitality businesses got regurgitated. Yeah. Like they shut down, went bankrupt and reopened. Like right now there's a boom in the hospitality. Well, yeah. Winding down again because of the inflation. Yeah. But post COVID, 80% of banners were rotated. I mean, I didn't realize that. I mean, about I know like you've got a massive and restaurant, restaurant and background. And stuff so. like that? Yeah. That, that includes all of hospitality. Got it. Yeah. Like hotel, like everything. But some of them didn't even open up again. Like if you go downtown, oh, yeah. like there's still. I'm going to tell you what was lost. Mm. I'm telling you what was gone and like something else took its place. Like yeah. if you walk down the street, it still looks sort of the same, except that it's not your favorite Chinese restaurant. It's yeah. now Jamaican. It's yeah. not your favorite yeah. Jamaican restaurant. Now it's a burger shop. Yeah. Or three iterations thereof in the same amount of yeah. time. So again, I don't say it because we're to cry the blues or anything. It's just these are just facts. And so, you know, we've been doing it long enough now that we're prepared for it. We went through the 90s. We tweaked our business model to make sure that we could continue to serve our clients really well, that we could support our team of realtors really well. And we learn, like, that's the thing. It's like whenever you have an adverse time, that's when you do your greatest learning, right? My dad always said, you're not going to learn from your wins. Yeah. Nope. Right? You're only really going to learn from your losses. So uh, that's what we're going through now. And if you're prepared for it and you have the long view, which we'll probably talk about because uh, we talk about that often in real estate, is always taking the long view, then we'll come out the other side. But yes. From a business standpoint, this is the toughest year. So congratulations to you guys for your year. Uh, absolutely incredible. It's built on the foundation of helping people, right? And that's why you continue to be busy because you do everything you do. And I have the, the opportunity to watch a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot. I've been around for a few years. The bottom line is when you take care of people, the business kind of takes care of itself. And so a huge credit to you guys. Well, you've seen you our do. entire yeah, career saving except one year. Yeah. You've seen our entire career because we've spent the whole time together. And, and when I was saying a second earlier, three times, and let me substantiate the three times harder, the fact that we had to work three times harder. Yeah. For us to achieve 70% of the number we did in 2022, we had to work three times harder. And... Three times harder means that each deal, on average, fell apart at least twice. Mm. So I'm not saying maybe I worked four more hours a day. I know as a fact that my phone was ringing from 7.30 a.m. when I take his first call of the day. Mm -hmm. Hi, good morning, partner. What's happening today? To 11 o'clock or midnight, speaking to our clients who are deathly afraid of the future and the commitments or investments they've made, telling them where they sit in the cycle. What does that look like? What options do they have? People were and continue to be nervous. This is why we have listings on the market in a market that has no inventory. Mm -hmm. The demand we know is there, but people are not buying listings, not because they don't want to. It's because they can't. 
And we're going to go into that. In fact, yeah, we let, will. Let's get into right? it. So, so, and let's get into it. But when I say we work three times harder, and, I, and I'm not speaking just for myself, because there is other notable, incredibly talented and hardworking agents out there. But for all the agents who thought it was a free ride, to all the agents who got into real estate while working at McDonald's at the same time, thinking that, you know, if I do one transaction, it's 50000 It was a quick, very quick and easy lesson to get back to where you belong. Yeah. And it's the year of the professional and the year of the dedicated professional at that. And when you say so. three times harder, I mean, you know, Chris and I speak a lot in Don Mills' office, and I was telling him throughout the year, like, where we would maybe make a hundred phone calls that would turn into, call it six, seven, eight appointments, which would then turn into three, four deals. We had to make easily 300 phone calls to yeah. get that. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, it was probably closer to 450 to 500 this mm-hmm. year. There you go. Like the work was a lot harder. We had to put on more events. We had to shoot more content just to get the same awareness that we were getting. The net the had year to get before. much wider yeah. to catch the exact same amount of fish. So look, before um, before I decided uh, 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 exactly what we were going to talk about today, I knew that I had to up the game. And, and, and I decided to do that through having some articles that are right. Like the, 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 that's what the me- people are watching on TV. That's mm-hmm. what they're listening to on the radio. They're reading online as well. And so I, th- I thought, why not bring these to our viewers and less, uh, listeners? 50% of my viewers and listeners are real estate professionals. So the real estate agents and mortgage brokers. So I think we touched on that. They got to get prepared. You got to work harder. I mean, I love what Chris's dad said in terms of um, uh, uh, when you're winning you're not going to learn much because the winning hides a lot of your holes right because you have people calling you in where now in a year that we went through and we're going through you have to work harder they get that they understand that the other 50 percent, it's really more investors than anything else it's not really a lot of end users or home sellers we got a, some of that but majority of it is, is investors so i got some stories and some headlines and i want to get all of our commentary on it and then something that we've always done for the last three four years at the end at the end of the year is throw throw out our predictions for the next year so you guys make sure you keep that in your back pockets but we kind of touched on it but if you guys can go to page uh 15 okay uh i just want to make sure page 15 and this article is i believe from the toronto star and i know as i mentioned you touched on it a little bit CMOS, but why don't we dive into it a little bit more? Toronto and GTA real estate on pace for fewest annual sales in over 20 years. This past year has been a tough one for real estate agents. That's more talking about the business. But according to the most recent sales data from the Toronto Real Estate Board, which is TREB for November, which is the largest real estate board in North America. I don't think that's changed. Bigger than New York, bigger than LA, Mm -hmm. bigger than Chicago, uh, Vancouver as well. It's reported at the end of November, we're we're sitting at 62,000. Chris, I'm not sure if you mentioned it earlier, but we've been throwing around the end of, at the time of this recording, we're sitting in the middle of December. This will come out, I think, on December 20th or something. Um, we're going to probably end up around 65,000. That's what is we're thinking. Between 65 and 66 is was our guesstimate, so we'll see how close we get to that. Okay, and as you guys touch on it, the... Um, Least amount of sales compared uh, uh, as of uh, 2000 or 2001. Now, as an investor, if someone's looking possibly 
to to make the jump into their first investment property, maybe their eighth or 42nd door. Is right now possibly a good time? Thoughts on that? Simos, I'll go to you first. Um, there is never a bad time mm. to buy real estate. Um, any time can be great. Right now, it can be phenomenal time to buy real estate. Uh, the dynamics of what makes a deal great have changed. So uh, a buyer, an investor right now, has to focus on structure, on how, how the property is going to be leveraged, to what amount and to what rate, what are the terms of the deal. Because right now, I can tell you with absolute certainty that real estate is on sale in this artificial environment of the sale, just like the artificial environment of the boom during 2021 and 22. Mm -hmm. uh, these were artificial, meaning the government brought and mandated interest rates to be zero. That's not normal. Nobody gives you money for free. Mm -hmm. So people took advantage of it to the point where it caused the problem and now they had to fix it. So both artificial bubble and pop, neither one was based on fundamentals of real estate because money's typically never free, so you can't go up like this forever. Mm -hmm. You just can't. You go up like this, you're gonna, let's say your wings are made of wax, the closer you get to the sun, what happens? You end up being an island in Greece. Okay? <laughs> you had to get Greece. I had to. So, so when you soar this high, this fast, this is just what happens. On the other token, we're in this artificial market now, the other side of the coin. So right now we have artificially high interest rates that are not sustainable. You're, you're gonna go not into a recession, into a depression if you continue, which is why they stalled. Mm -hmm. Now they have stopped raising the rates with an absolute majority of economists predicting our own CEO, Phil Soper, who is the voice of real estate in this country. Yesterday his report, or this morning the report mm -hmm. came out actually, yep. I just read it, um, that the second half of the year, potentially fall, we might see a couple small quarters going downwards. Mm -hmm. Nothing massive and fast, but the, 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 the up in interest rates is down. So when you ask what does that mean to the investor watching right now, is this a good time to buy? Yes, it is. But if you have to leverage all of it the way you did three years ago, the math doesn't work. The deal doesn't pencil. Mm -hmm. So either you have cash on hand or you leverage the seller's cash, meaning of, of vendor take back, mm -hmm. at a rate that can work. And that could be a temporary one, two year, three year VTB uh, to give you enough time for the market to make changes mm -hmm. if you believe, and again, there is no investment without risk. If you believe that the market will go up, and I do, mm -hmm. and uh, we can speak to that after if you look, because when you ask me for my prediction, I'll tell you what it is. Not yet, go. Not yet. Mm -hmm. But I do believe fundamentally that this country has. So I believe the, the rhetoric that there's a massive housing shortage, I actually know is a fact to be true because I've been part of the scene for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I have witnessed the tenant pool rise like a tidal wave, mm -hmm. uh, pushing and putting pressure on rental prices in the tune of 50% in two years. Mm -hmm. 50 to 60% to 70% in some pockets, which has created a different unaffordability crisis. Mm -hmm. But the minute we see this environment clean up, that tenant pool is gonna start coming down, buyer pool will start swelling again, and we're gonna see people making their moves. At that point, prices are gonna start shifting again up, 
because there's a tremendous lack of inventory. And I'm saying tremendous, not maybe a little bit. There's a massive shortage of homes, specifically in the big urban markets across our country. And I'm speaking to Vancouver and Toronto. Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, they're seeing big changes in good things, but they don't have the housing issue that Vancouver and Toronto have. So it's safe to say that you're bullish on the market. (laughs) Like, I I just... (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) So I'm I'm telling you that I believe in the long-term fundamentals of the GTA market more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Chris? I I would agree as a whole. I think that, uh, to your point, you have to acknowledge that rates are a major factor on people's real estate decisions. We've proven it time and time again. This year, uh, uh, in the spring, it, it, we had a rate drop of about 75 basis points, so not even 1%, just three quarters, right? It dropped from just over 5% in February-ish. By April, five, you could borrow five-year money in the 45 to 4.7% range. In the GTA, average sale price in 90 days went up 100 and, approximately $150,000 in 90 days. So when you ask the question, is now a good time to buy? To your point, it has to work, obviously, for whatever your scenario is. But what that reinforced, that scenario that happened this spring, reinforced if you wait for rates to drop, prices go generally go mm-hmm. up. Quickly. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and in the spring, because of, to your comments, the, the, we know the demand is there. So that's why I agree that now is a good time to buy if you've got the right capital and structure of the deal. Now is a good time because rates haven't dropped yet, but they are dropping. Just this week, the uh, we know now that the U.S. uh, announced that they're going to hold that they just held rates, and they're talking about the potential for three rate Mm -hmm. decreases in 2024. Again, it's potential. A lot of things have to happen, but that's directionally where things going. The bond rate dropped significantly from its peak in September already to, to uh, today. And so that would show that, and the bond rate is how mortgage rates are priced. So that means the mortgage rates have dropped already. If they continue in the direction they've been going, they're going to be coming lower, which brings more people back to the market, which makes houses, housing more expensive. So now is a good time if you believe that rates are going to continue to either stay at this level or, right. or go lower. If you believe <coughs> that the country's population is going to continue to grow, which I think we have to believe that. But if you, know, if you don't, that's okay too. You have to, these are the factors you want to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. And if you understand the actual supply demand challenge that we're facing as well. And so those are the factors I think you want to look at, Jazz. And if the way I look at it right now, it looks to me like it's a great opportunity to get into the market. So, uh, and, and to kind of wrap up what you guys were saying, and then we'll move on to one of the other articles. I've always looked at relationships, the business that I'm in, in terms of helping people buy, sell, and invest with a coaching company that we have for real estate professionals, content production, and then investments, because I'm not as smart as you two when it comes to really looking into the data. But what I figured out is, if I just look at this from a 10-year window, yes, 
all those things that I mentioned, there's going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs, but you look at the last 10-year chunks for the for a 100-year sample size, mm -hmm. the values have always gone up probably close to double, which always sounds weird because 10 years ago when somebody told me that the average price is going to be 1.1 million, I kind of thought they were a little weird as well. Yeah, but even if you look right now, just today, right yeah. now with the market down since its peak, but if you look at 10 years ago, so if we were to pull up right now, December 2013, and you looked at what the price was and what the price is today, maybe in post-production, we can uh, easily the, do the that. The team here yeah. can, can put it up. You're going to see that you're extremely close to exactly that comparison. Mickey, can you jump in and just, just maybe take a quick look? Just Google it and then you can pipe in after. Um, just Google what was uh, average, uh, price. average price in GTA in uh, 2013. You're probably going to be flirting around 550, 560. But you're, see how it went up though, right? It, you had that huge jump to 1.3, I think it the was. The only thing I don't want to do though, so this is the thing. So we are in the business. We are biased because we are heavily vested in real estate. All of us, your family is very, very much vested in real mm -hmm. estate. They've built it. They've sold it. They've all the things. Mm -hmm. So we are, to, to anybody who's listening to us, do, are we biased to real estate? The answer is obviously yes. Of course. Are we in the business of profiting from somebody transacting in real estate? The answer is yes. But we're also in the business of profiting ourselves. 100%. This, right? so, so again, the reason I'm saying these things is because I, I want to put an emphasis on something. We have been profiting off transactions in real estate our entire career. That's our career path. We are investors first. And the reason we've been around for 18 years and still able to sit at the, at the, at the top of the table and be able to open our mouths and share our opinion and somebody to actually want to listen is because we care about the relationship with our clients. We have built our clients hundreds of thousands to many millions of dollars in happy returns. Mm -hmm. And in a market like this, we still... I'm not going to say we're averaging. We are still 100% close rate mm -hmm. because we qualify the people we sell real estate to. We are responsible with our work and we take our job very seriously, which is the same reason I don't want anybody to get confused with a biased real estate agent message. Is this a good time to buy? And I say, yes. I want to be yeah. super clear yeah, I'm glad that you yes, are. Yep. It is a great time to buy yeah. the right way, yeah. if, not and, the and, speculative and, and for way. for you, right? For the everybody, every individual has to assess their own situation, right? I, I think that's super important. And and when I always talk real estate, because we are all three of us are on the same page, we're just to to be very clear, it's always for the long term. Yeah. We're we're talking investing to 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 my belief means long term hold, not buy flip buy for a short term and move it out and make a quick buck that's speculating yes when we talk when i talk about investing it's what to your point what is it going to happen in 10 years and, and i know you asked no, nikki to pull this up but carry, i carry through the I, I pulled you up, the up number. what you got there so in november of 2013 the average sale price for the toronto real estate board i'm glad we're all sitting down or i'll wish we bought a few more things back then Five hundred and thirty-eight thousand eight hundred and eighty-one dollars, and today's one point one. 
ish. Just right? shy. One, yeah, one million eighty. So uh, is it literally it. double? It's double. It's exactly double. double. Almost. Almost so exactly. Right right. Almost, exactly uh, almost to the penny. And, it's and exactly after, double. And after it went to a place, peak February twenty twenty two. Million three thirty. I was gonna say one point three. Yeah. It, right. So you gotta ride that. You gotta just understand it, that yeah. that that you're gonna have these ups and downs and. I like what you said, Chris, because I know this in your portfolio. So, that so you don't buy the now. you don't go buy homes. So you're not buying great home. minds think alike. That's where I was heading. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you're not buying real estate, <clears throat> doing some renovations to it, Chris, and then flipping it. That's not in your portfolio. That's a business. That's, like, that's well, not that's investing, saying, right? Yeah, like, that's a business. That's so, not investing. So yeah, that's people, either a business or speculation. And yes. when people yes. call us and. When I'm speaking to people at cocktail parties and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy and flip, and I'm like, dude, like, do what, you know, gets your juices flowing. But that's not what we talk about. What we talk about is the boring, but yet most accurate way to win and create wealth in real estate, which is again, like, I'll emphasize that word again. It's boring. It's not the get rich quick scheme. Unfortunately, even though some of my social media. Uh, uh, um, uh, a target market kind of skews to that 25 to 37, 40, yep. where they want that quick dopamine hit because we like mm -hmm. the likes, we like the comments sure. and all that kind of stuff. Real estate's not for that. Right? No. You're not going to get that in real it's estate. It's the exact opposite. Right? It's no. that buying, like, I mean, Chris, you don't even, and you've shared this on content, so I know I'm not saying anything that, you know, I'm stepping outside of my boundaries. You, you and your family don't buy and refinance the properties. No. Like, you buy them, you hold them, you let the rent just cover the expenses, and at some time, the mortgage gets you know uh, uh, paid down enough yeah. where you just have cash flow. That's the idea, right? Because that's what you want to, you, what, what our philosophy was, is you want to create a recurring income for yourself so you can retire someday. You can still go to work <laughs> on your own, but make it your own decision that you're going to work, right? Knowing that you have that income coming in every month, and you don't have to worry about the stock market and this and that because residential rental property mm -hmm. in our region, we're very lucky has been, you know, the income is pretty consistent. Right. And so absolutely. That's, so we don't like, it, it's fun to like, I was just looking back at these prices. Now it's fun to talk about, right. For because sure. it's like equity growth this is super exciting, <laughs> but really, you know, from an investment standpoint, it's the cash flow at the end of the day that is super exciting. Sure, it's fun to say, yeah, if we had a bought more in 2003, we'd be even happier because the average sale price in November of 2000... 275. Just let me throw a number. Yeah, you're almost right on the on the button there. It was actually a little more, 301,000. I would rather be the, the less. Yeah, so, so 300,000 in 53 roughly in 13 and a million eighty in twenty three. So I bet you again, double, if we were to, double, if we were to go double, back almost. to ninety three and eighty three, etc., we're going to see the exact almost. same story. Yeah. And whether it's up, down, sideways, yeah. the whole point of the exercise, and this isn't I told you so scenario. No, these are just facts. Th th this is facts <laughs> of how a, a civilization that is not at war or has, we're, you know, a, a tidal wave or an earthquake, like yeah. non, a, a society at peace, progressing through time. Yeah. Is all this is. Well, you look at this room, right? The, 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 the people that are watching right now, they can't see the team behind the cameras. But 
it's the freaking United Nations. Of course. Like, like, look at where everyone's from. This is where people want... Like, when I say here, I actually am very biased to the greater Toronto area because we know that 50% of people that come into our country, they want to come to the GTA. Now, if something happens, like maybe what happened, and maybe you can touch on it a little bit more, Chris, like, I think it was maybe late 70s or so, maybe mid-70s, where the major banks left Montreal to come here to Toronto. Like, if that sure. starts to happen, there's, there's something things. that we need to maybe think about. No, yeah. but, but Canada's story, you can actually tell the global story. Because if you were to, to, to look at the United Nations, like you called it, when did the Indians come to Canada? When did the Greeks come to Canada? When did the, the British come to Canada? It, you can actually tell the story of civilization through immigration patterns. Mm-hmm. And you can see that growth the exact same way. Yes, and I'm talking from the the depths of colonization, mm-hmm. where the English and the French first came and did what they did, and then this wave came, and then the Irish famine, and then mm-hmm. you can literally tell time yes. through immigration to specifically North America. Yes, yep. and the growth of North America, which is continuing to grow mm-hmm. right now, the U.S. Yesterday, another article is blazing and leading the G7 in growth, mm-hmm. and everybody doesn't know why, because everybody was counting the US down and out. Mm-hmm. They didn't see what happened in China coming. Mm-hmm. But like, there was a lot of things that are kind of upsetting the apple cart, and I'm not taking this conversation to global politics or mm-hmm. anything of that nature, but when you say it's the United Nations in here, it is the United Nations in here. I, and I and this it, is the story of real estate here yeah, as well. Exactly. And that's where, you know, I come back to our points we talked touched on there. Like, what are factors that drive real estate values, right? And uh, cost of ownership, uh, demand, and supply, I think, are probably the top three. Then as you come in to take other factors in, like if there's global factors that are going to affect immigration levels. Employment's going to be Employment's well. going to be in yeah. there. Yeah, your ability to pay your mortgages. Yeah, obviously at the top top three or four as well. Uh, but so if you, so these are the things that I think everybody as an investor, as anybody who's interested in real estate, just buying a new home, like, is, like to, to your point, is now the right time to buy? Well, these are the things you want to think about, you know, to decide whether you think it's the right time for you. And again, I come back to it. If you believe that rates are going to stay where they are or be lower in the future, or if you believe they're going to be higher, well, maybe you do sit on the sidelines and wait, right? These are the things that you have to, these are the conclusions you have to come to. The key is making sure that you are doing, uh, educating yourself appropriately with facts, which is hard to decipher these days with these yes. with social media and all these different well, and know, headlines, right? You People have to be a little careful, right? right? It's, the headlines. It's the interpretation that matters. To yeah, this you've got to dig in, right? You've, you've got to look in. look into the numbers and, and and really figure it out. And and if you and and then to, then come to your conclusion on what you believe in, then you'll be able to make a great decision. And I think what Simo said earlier, and he was quite anim- uh, animated, but I, I I wanted to just add a little bit more clarification because it's my partner and I know what he's thinking half the time when he mentioned that real estate is on sale. That's not necessarily right across the board no. in co- in the country, no. let alone in the greater Toronto area. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I, I probably should just do the research on it, but I think it's safe to say that there's probably a hundred, sorry, there's probably over 300 micro markets in the greater Toronto area. It's probably oh, even probably. a little bit more than that, yeah. right guys? Like, yes. I mean, the harbor front condo market is completely different than the distillery market, which is different than the Bay and mm-hmm. College condo market, and then let alone Don Mills compared to Brampton and Mississauga. 
in certain areas there is real estate that's on sale right absolutely and, and and we were probably saying this back in late 2020 when a lot of people didn't want to touch the elevators and condos rightfully so when not you could shoot a so. cannon through young street that was frightening september october everyone's selling they're okay to move to the burbs and condos went on sale mm -hmm. like i mean nobody wanted to touch these things mm -hmm. and you look at what happened from probably november 2020 to like today in the condo market that also has gone up in terms yeah. of value right yeah because we, we track months of inventory we it's talk my favorite a, one right it's a favorite it's, run because that's the your, only one that matters yeah exactly right so so we look at months of inventory because that tells you what your supply and demand looks like and so we know historically that if you have three months or less of of supply which means that if based on the number of transactions that are happening, you'd run out of, we didn't list any more properties, you'd run out of properties in three months or less. It's a seller's market. Gets three to four to five range, it kind of balances out above four, definitely above five, it goes into buyer territory because that means there's just more choice, right? There's more higher number of months of inventory, the more options you have out there. So supply and demand changes. And there are pockets in the GTA right now that have seven months of standing inventory. Have you seen that before, Chris? Oh, absolutely. Okay. We have, for sure. We've seen it worse in the 90s. So Okay, so I'm right, right? to say when I got licensed in 20, uh, 2004, I've never seen a... Never. I, I don't think you've seen seven. You probably... I haven't seen when five and a half, in, I don't think, Chris. I think you were in that yeah, range. Yeah, maybe? Okay, yep. okay. Possibly. Maybe it was back then, okay. That time? But so, so there's those pockets, but then there's other pockets right now, right now in today's market that there are two months of standing inventory. So you have to, you know, it depends, right? Where, where should we buy? Well, it depends on what you're looking for yeah. and where value is heading. Well, it depends on the micro market that you're talking about. Depends on the neighborhood, depends on the product type. But that's where you want to find your opportunity. And it's, and I've said this uh, to a lot of people like, oh my gosh, my real estate prices, my, my neighbor got X six months ago or in February, they, they, they you know, won the lottery. They, they were, their timing was right. My re but your real estate hasn't gone bad. <laughs> yeah. The cost of borrowing has changed. That's all that's happened here. You Correct. own great real estate. Don't worry about it. It's just that if that's the number, if you want your neighbor's number that they got in February of 22, sit tight. It will come back as the economy changes, as rates change, as uh, wage inflation happens naturally. Those prices will return. Your real estate hasn't gone bad. It's just the, 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 the factors that affect the value in the short term have changed since that moment in time. And, and I think most people are comparing it to the peak, which was February 2022. Yeah. That was probably the highest it's yeah. gone up. Yeah, Not only is it going to come back, we actually know that it's going to go higher. Because if you just wait the 10 years, it's going to double from what it is today, which Roughly, is going to be yeah. higher than what they were selling for in yeah. February. But I think it's a matter of those sellers willing to wait it out. Well, that's it. And it, it, again, it depends. Depends on your timing. Or are they able? Yes. To, so so yep. the biggest so, crunch right now it's not the people who are not willing to wait. It's the people who can't afford to. And, yeah. the, and those are the people that were more than likely, because out of the, let's call it between 700 and 1,000 people that we touch a year with us and our team, it's a pretty damn good sample size. It's actually the average sample size of any study done on a national basis. Yes, it is. Yep. So we're very fortunate to have our own pool of data that we know exactly what the pulse is at any time. 
the true real bad problem lies in less than 1% of people in deals. The real one, the ones on the fringe, the ones yeah, oh, always. The, the ones that yeah. are right now losing sleep, they can't breathe because they bought that February of 2022. Yeah. They bought that January. So how many transactions were, were done in uh, January and February? Of this year? Of, of 2022. Was it 5,000, 10,000, 10,000, 20,000 people? Yeah. So out of, the, the out of 20,000 people, half of them were buyers, half of them were sellers. Yep. Yes? Yep. So we're talking about 10,000 people mm-hmm. across 8 million in the GTA. Yeah. So let me, let me repeat this. The people who are reeling in pain, mm-hmm. and I feel for you, it absolutely sucks. But somebody is always the one caught. Yes. Nobody knows when that wave is going to crest. Nobody yep. does. Not your yep. agent, not the Pope, nobody does. There was indications, there was many kind of red flags mm-hmm. at the time, like, is the, can this continue, can this continue? Because every month was a new record. So the only people who are reeling right now mm-hmm. are those two, three months of, of transactions between December and February, of t- December 2021 to February 2022, which is half. Half of them are got their lottery tickets cashed in, mm-hmm. the other half is... In pain right now. I don't even think it's that high though, right? Seamless. But because even if it you is, you know what? Because they locked in interest rates pretty low listen, back then. And, and again, so out it's of the really, ten thousand, yeah. now out of the ten thousand, we know that half of them are more than likely mortgage free because that's half the population. Mm-hmm. Even thirty percent. Mm-hmm. That leaves seven thousand. Out of the seven thousand, half of them did a five-year fix. Mm-hmm. That leaves us three thousand. Mm-hmm. So when people are watching all this drama on social media, on, on, mm-hmm. on news. It's not that people aren't hurting, but it's not as bad as you yep. think. I agree. Mm-hmm. So I'm not downplaying anybody's pain in any way, no shape, way. or form. No way. Because somebody's real. hurting right now. It's real. Yep. It's real. And we actually dealt with something this morning. Mm-hmm. Very real. Yes. And when was that purchase made? Yeah. February 19th, uh, 2022. An agreement yeah. of purchase and sale that came to me today mm-hmm. that, for example... This client sold a family member a home in an, in an outside market, mm-hmm. February 19th, 2022. It's in my inbox. I can redact it and share it mm-hmm. for $930,000. Right now, the same builder has sold three homes in the specific subdivision for $780,000. So the appraisal is coming in a lot. <laughs> well, the appraisal is coming into whatever the builder is selling right now. Yeah. So the builder is cannibalizing his own clients. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, mm-hmm. I completely understand. Mm-hmm. So now this $200,000 difference has to be done in cash and or in court. Mm-hmm. Who's going to sue who? <laughs> Up, down, sideways. The whole point is these people can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. The builder is also suffering. We can easily blame and say, oh, uh, guilty. The, the, the builder is greedy. No, he had a project. He tried to profit. He sold the market. Now he's in a different market. Nobody's asking the builder who's making his interest payments on millions of dollars. Well, on the flip side, when homes were, when people were purchasing them at 700,000 and when they went to go close on it at 900, all I'm getting at is- Nobody felt sorry for the builder at that time. Nobody feels sorry for anyone. The whole point is there's many ways to lose Mm -hmm. from a builder and developer, from the consumer, from the brokers. Who's who's blaming who now? Mm -hmm. Do you think the buyer is blaming anyone but the agent? What did the agent do wrong? Nothing. Mm -hmm. The buyer said, I like this home. I, I, I think it's a beautiful home. How much is it? Well, we're in the hottest market. It's 920. Go ahead. 
What are they going to say? That in two years we're going to see 14 interest rate hikes? Whose fault is it? Mm-hmm. It's nobody's fault. You're a victim of the market and circumstance. Mm-hmm. Were you overzealous as a buyer? Were you a little under due diligence as an agent? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there are losses. Yep. Real yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. But I think that happens majority of the time to what we were saying earlier. If you're speculating and you're looking for a short-term win, that's when, you know, what does Warren Buffett yeah. say, right? When, when the, the tide comes, comes in, we're going to see who's swimming naked, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're starting to see, that if you're watching and listening right now thinking, oh, should I get in the market? Should I not get in the market? Please just understand, only get into the market if you can hold, if you have the ability to <coughs> hold on for a decade. Right? At least a seven-year period. Otherwise, you might be running into problems like this. Chris? Yeah. yeah. You only lose money in real estate if you have to sell. Sure. Which means, because to your point, there are some people that can't hold on, which means you have to sell. And you have to take whatever's happening in that moment. But if you have the ability to hold, at least we just did a 20-year history, right? Quickly here. We can go back 30. We can go back 40. We know what the math is. Mm-hmm. If you have the ability to hold, you're not going to lose. So you only lose if you can't hold. And it's a, it's a fact that the interest rates moved faster than any other time in the history of rate setting in Canada. They started setting rates in 1935 here. And the rates have not moved faster and, for, and at the greatest um, relative you know, percentage growth than any other time in history. And at the time, if you remember, if you rolled back the tape to the fall of 22, no, sorry, the fall of 21, the Bank of Canada, I believe, was mm-hmm. saying that rates will move in 24. And now we know, or 23 or 24, I think they said back then. I thought they said, I think it was, it was going to be for four years. So okay. I think they were going to take it till almost end of 24 to early 25. They weren't going to touch rates. That's right. Yeah. And then unfortunately... You know the the inflation took off, and they had to change their decision making stra- their strategy, and so effective March of two thousand twenty two, they said, "Oh, it's hotter than we thought." By a lot. By a lot, <laughs> and off they went in their new strategy, and they had to they had to make difficult decisions. What do you guys want to go to next? Which what 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 article kind of has ha- have you well, guys it read? Was, that it was four times hotter. Inflation is supposed to be a two to two and a half. Mm-hmm. And we were hitting 8% on paper with people saying reality was eight between eight and 11. Let's actually go to page 10, guys. This is where I want to take you guys right now. It's our, it's our good friends at the Green Bank. I, I, I tend not to say their name until they start sponsoring us. Um, <laughs> any of the, the five majors. Um, Canada's lo- second largest bank says average home prices could drop as much as 10% by early 2024, thanks to the surge in housing supply in two provinces. What Chris? is the date of this so article? This article would have been uh, this week. This came out. And, and, and let's just say that that's the headline. Yes. Home okay. prices could drop by 10%. Okay. In er, and great point, Chris. Home that's prices could drop by 10% in early 2024. I will say the name because it's TD. And I love what you said, Chris, because this is put in the way that it's written for people to click and pick up that newspaper because if it if it bleeds <coughs> it leads if it if if 
the front of the newspaper said it's going to be a beautiful sunny day. Nobody tends to pick up that newspaper. But if they say there's a storm coming, most people pick up, pick it up. They gotta, they gotta make sure that they protect their their homes and their families. This is what I believe happens in the media. But let's dive into it. A previous forecast from TD Bank had called for average home prices to fall around five percent from the third quarter quarter level through the early part of next year. However, the bank updated its forecast this week to reflect a much steeper drop, citing an upgraded bond yield forecast in a greater loosening in the BC and Ontario real estate markets than it had previously predicted. Ontario still... Okay, so uh, I just want to make sure that there's nothing missing here that I think we should bring up. Okay, thoughts, guys. 10%. So we're looking at... um, in the greater Toronto area, the average, let's just use 1.1 million. They're saying approximately $110,000 drop in home values. Now, this will scare a lot of people. What's your guys' thoughts on it, Chris? I'll go to you first, buddy. Well, I, I just wanted to... Let, let's go deeper into the article where, okay. where, where, where a lot of people, you know, when you're skimming... I do the same thing. I read the newspaper every day. I still get a traditional newspaper at home. I still He's love it. He's not lying, I'm, I'm old-fashioned. He, yeah. he literally has but, but the, key the is, newspaper is, that you what, read, what, which I love. A I little love. trick is you should actually read the last three paragraphs first. Okay. Of the article, right? Because we don't often get there. Because so I, I jumped That's to all their liability right, right there. Right? So okay, go read it. So Chris. it says TD predicts the Bank of Canada will cut interest rates during the second quarter of next year, preventing home prices from dropping further, and that population growth will sustain demand. Now that's not the headline, right? Right. The headline is prices could drop by ten percent in early twenty four. But if you read at the last paragraph of the article here, the third last paragraph, it effectively says the opposite of what the headline says. The potential for weaker growth or higher than expected interest rates are important downside risks. Like you have to look at them, they're saying, right? You've got to look at that. However, they just said here, they're predicting that the Bank of Canada is going to cut rates. Oh, and there's another quote here. Actual quote from this article. Some perspective is warranted though. The latest forecast warns a 10% decline in average home prices would still leave them 15% higher than pre-pandemic levels. Right? So, <laughs> hey, for all those who are, who are losing, you're actually still 15% up. Yeah. So, don't worry about it. But, but you have to go all the way to the very end of the article to, to hear more detail aye, aye. and the detail that I think is important to put the headline into context. Right. Right, because they're not wrong by sure. Could prices drop? Absolutely, but they could what drop by fifty percent. They could. Right. What scenario would have to happen for that piece of their prediction to come true? Well, we'd have to see higher interest rates than what we have today. Likely, uh, immigration would have to slow down, so demand would have to slow down. So, again, as from from the start of our conversation today, I said these are the facts that you need to understand, and you need to come to a conclusion. As an investor, as a homeowner, as somebody interested in real estate, what do you what do you believe? Right? Do you believe rates are going to be higher next year or lower? Do some research, figure mm-hmm. it out. TD says they believe they're going to cut rates next year. TD's pretty smart operators. Oh, I keep saying the brand. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Now I went. Into I it. apologize. It's okay. <laughs> uh, the um, they they believe that demand is going to be higher due to sustained growth in population. Okay, do you believe that? Do you think that's a fair statement? The uh, uh, government of Canada has stated that they have goals that are higher in 24 
for immigration levels than they were in 23. So do you believe they can execute on those goals? That's something you have to think about. Is that a factor? Because there's your demand, right, to help promote. So these are the things that you want to draw conclusions on. But to your point, Jazz, I love that you read the headline because that's really what, you know, is what a lot of people are reading. Headlines only. And and until you dig into the weeds, so to speak, it's hard to really... You can make um, a misjudgment by accident yep. by by scanning the headlines and not getting into some of the detail you know, behind that. And when you speak about the interest rates, which I strongly believe we're going to start to see some cuts, and you kind of skimmed over it earlier when we got started, but when interest rates drop, that cost of borrowing decreases. That's when consumer confidence, which you can't really touch or smell it's more of just this momentum that you know people are starting to buy more they they're they're making larger purchases investing into real estate purchasing homes buying cars maybe some boats and all that going on 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 more vacations once interest rates start to decrease the conversations at home change to honey maybe now we can go look for that bigger home or honey maybe we don't need to rent now because our what we're paying for rent is very similar to what we can own a home for and that what happens is you have more people looking now, hence that months of inventory, the mm-hmm. supply starts to go down mm-hmm. and value shoot through the roof. And so let, that leads into what are your guys' predictions? I'm going to go to you first, Simeon. Where do you think the market's going to end up? Fast forward to December uh, 15th of this recording or 14th, 2024. What do you think we're going to be sitting here and saying? That um, happened. I truly believe that um, this wave is going to crest in January, meaning the downward pressure uh, on prices. Um, with December now, the December 6th decision to not um, put interest rates higher, the, the bond yields changing, um, because this has helped us all get a really deeper understanding of how the economy works. I didn't know how close they were tied through the better half of my career only the last maybe five to ten years i've really focused on economy and Mm -hmm. um, now knowing those indicators the real estate market is about 30 to 90 days behind any decision it's not so something happens today it's not like a stock where tomorrow morning it rallies Mm -hmm. yes there is no rallying people have to move people have to do things to, to see a change so i do believe november's pain December's pain mm-hmm. is going to manifest and finish in January. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the crest, like the February of 2022 boom, this is the January 2024 bust ends here. And I think we're going to see a slow and steady pickup of activity. Um, I have seen at least a half a dozen emails in my inbox the last week uh, with bo- both more buyer activity. Mm-hmm commercial activity, mm-hmm. office space, business, retail for lease. I'm seeing an actual uptick in activity, mm-hmm. which is always a, and, and an when we have, signal. And when we right. have an, uh, the broker of record, the broker and owner of, a, of an agency with 1,500 agents, we can just go to the front desk and ask our calls up, yes or no, mm-hmm. and instantly we understand mm-hmm. the beat of the market. Mm-hmm. So that's what we are seeing right now. So we're seeing some positivity, which means there, I know what's coming down the pipe. Um, if 
and when in the spring or summer, fall. So I think be somewhere between May and October is mm-hmm. when we're going to see the action, the first tick down. If that actualizes, uh, we're going to end up in my, I'm going to say. Give me a fi- price increase. I'm going to say five, uh, 5% to 7% at the okay. absolute most. Um, and not d- just because I saw the Royal Page report this morning that was published, it's actually dead on in that range. Mm-hmm. So, five to seven percent. I cheated, yep. I read that report, that's fine, but I was there yesterday, yep, and I definitely agree with everything that report its contents. Well, the good thing is that it's all on. prediction, even theirs is as well, but yes, obviously, but with so a lot of data. But. So, five to seven percent, and I'm talking about the GTA, yeah, excuse me, yeah, the GTA, I see five to seven percent up this time next year which is interesting because to the edge of the seven percent i think that's probably the average for the last 40 years in the gt i think it's 6.2 or yeah something. but the, the last the last 10 were much higher oh for sure yeah, so it, it was th- ridiculous. that would be an outlier almost right the but i'm going decade. i'm going five to seven tops. five to seven yeah christopher yourself i uh in a nutshell i would agree okay um i'm generally more conservative yep. uh as a just just my personality, I think, or the way I view things. So I would like, I hope there is no more than seven, that mm-hmm. is for sure, because that starts to get to the hotter Back end. Back to the nonsense. And we don't need nonsense. The volatility is what we're trying to avoid. Uh, so maybe it's because I hope it's not too hot that I believe that you know the five range is probably a comfortable number. Uh, I don't think we're totally out of the woods yet, yep. and that's why I, I don't want to get uh, too excited about it um but i i do feel i'm in agreement with with simeon on the fact that i think we're at the moment where we are at the low we've kind of we we've looked back over over decades of of data to different moments in time where there has been significant market changes and it takes about 18 months on average for the market to start to come back from a transaction volume standpoint which has to happen first before you mm-hmm. generally generally happen first before you see price increases. Mm-hmm. And so I look at July of 22 even though the first rating even though the peak for prices was February of 22 mm-hmm. for me July of 22 was the real turning point because uh, if you remember back then Jazz the Bank of Canada said they had already made a few rate increases, and then July 22, they made a 100 yep. basis point, a 1% right. jump. Yep. And our market... Whap! <laughs> that was one of the few times right? that it did happen quite quickly. Hey, no, like, no, no. It almost acted Overnight? like a stock. Almost. Yes. Whap! Right? It almost yes. acted like a stock. Which is rare. Right? Which is rare. Which is rare, to your point. And it was that, a so, knee-jerking, yeah. market yeah. freezing. You got it. So January, this coming January, is 18 months. So that's, we're now at the point that people, for whatever the reasons, whether it's they can't hold on any longer, they're going to have to make a decision to sell, or buyers are just like, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. We've been assessing. The Bank of Canada is now comfortable with where things are. Uh, They're talking about lower rates in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those folks that are aware what lower rates do, because uh, you talked about, you know, you think of lower rates, it's what it does is it actually immediately increases your purchasing power, right? So your budget doesn't have to change. And we've talked about this together previously is we did a chart on purchasing power, 
right? So I have my same budget, and my budget is $4,000 a month, Jazz. What can I buy? Yep. Well, when rates are at 5.5%, you can buy this much because this is the size of the mortgage you can get with your $4,000 budget. But when rates go to 4.5%, yep. now your budget goes up. And, you know, God forbid they go to 3.5%, which is not what I'm predicting because I don't believe they're going to go back to that level uh, anytime soon. Um, if, if they did, that means we were in a tougher, even tougher economic environment for that to happen. Then your purchasing power goes up. But yep. you know, every time that rate, you know, drops, your purchasing power goes up. So your budget, so you can afford to pay a bit more. And that's what causes... The increase in increase the prices. In prices, right. Yep. So, and comfort level. So would you right? say, is it... You're floating around the six-ish range? Yeah, five, 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 six percent, okay. somewhere in there. I think I'd be comfortable with. Uh, I hope it's no more than that. I agree. And if it's a little bit less, folks, like I, Jazz, I, I would not be upset with that either. A hundred percent. Because let's let's allow everybody to kind of get into breathe. the market, breathe, not be panicked that they're going to miss an opportunity. Uh, Prices, let's hope they don't jump $150,000 in 90 days like it did this past spring. But on the other hand, if you look at all the other factors, like the growth in our country and the fact that we've had abnormally low transaction volume for a market our size, mm -hmm. which you could argue there's going to be some pent-up demand in that, right? Sure, we had an abnormally high level of, of transactions in 2021, but now 2022 was not a record <coughs> year by any stretch. And 2023, we now is going to be the lowest year of transactions in, 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 a, in an environment where population is going only one direction. So, so I think it's worth mentioning a, a couple of things on this because you just talked about pent-up demand and very low transaction count. So this market right now, when we're seeing less than 70,000 transactions amongst the population so dense. It's not just the buyers who can act. And we talked about the people who are in the market might be the ones that have to sell mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. What all, all the people who want to sell, but they're holding on right now. Mm -hmm. Because right before the prices started coming down in May of this very year, Mm -hmm. Between April and June, there was a, a liftoff, mm -hmm. if you guys remember it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prices wow. were going up mm -hmm. during a downturn. Mm -hmm. And that was a very simple reason. There was a stall in the interest rate hikes. Mm -hmm. People believed for a second it was over. They're like, is it over? Yeah. yeah. And they wanted to go buy something. And there was multiple offers because there was nothing for sale. Mm -hmm. The reason people can't sell or don't want to sell is because they have to buy. So get? if I have a home, which I do, that is worth X amount of dollars, and I have a mortgage that's locked dollars. in. Yeah, okay. And, and it's worth X amount of dollars. Let's, let's just say I have a mortgage of $500,000. And I have it locked in in December of 2021 by absolute luck, not because of insight or any foresight whatsoever. I locked it for five years at 2.1%. <laughs> okay. Where are you going? Nowhere. I am not going anywhere. You got it. So you can count that if people are in a five-year cycle, 20% of the population that has mortgages refinanced each year. Mm -hmm. Just like it's the reverse countdown now. People mm -hmm. are like, please don't, please stop time. Please stop time. Yep. You can't stop time. Mm -hmm. My terms were up between January 
uh, sorry, December and January of 2022, I did three mortgages. Mm -hmm. All locked in at 1.9, 2.03, and 2.1. Mm -hmm. Why in the world would I ever sell right now if I have to buy and get a mortgage at six? Mm -hmm. So for anybody wondering what happened the market's not as bad as people think. Mm -hmm. There is reasons for this artificial slam down. Mm -hmm. How can I walk into a client's living room who wants to sell and tell him to sell? No, you need to hang tight for another year and yeah. a half. I'll sell your home, yeah. but wait 18 months. Take advantage of the $80,000 you'll save in interest. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. even if you buy a house for lower right now, the interest rate differential, you're paying $130,000 more. Mm -hmm. That is in good conscience as a true professional, my advice to a client. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go for the transaction. I'm going to tell them what's best for the client. Mm -hmm. That is what's happening. That is what the top professionals in this business are going to the listing appointment and unfortunately even saying, I had to tell Chris to hang in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll be back in six to eight months. Mm -hmm. I'll be back in a year. To our own detriment from a business perspective, mm -hmm. but yep. to our own benefit from a long-term relationship mm -hmm. and wealth building for our client who can now do three more. Mm -hmm. In time. In time. So that, that's, I just thought that whole low transaction, mm -hmm. there's many reasons there for is. it. It's yep. not, it's not as simple as people, oh no, it's down the interest rate. No. No, there's a lot of factors. I can't sell in yeah. any way, shape, or form right now. I'd be completely opposite. Yeah. So. When they do the transaction count, they're not counting the the new builds that actually no. get sold. No, nope. that's just right? resale. The that's numbers resale. that we're talking are just resale. Just resale. Yeah. Those numbers um, are tracked elsewhere though. Right. Yeah. Um, which you would obviously see a decrease in that because <laughs> builders didn't obviously come Oh no, up there's as, a decrease there. Um, as much inventory. I'm going to put out my prediction. I think the first part of the year is going to be somewhere around that one, one and a half percent increase. I actually think the later part of the year, like July, August, is, is, and, that's and where right we'll till it. the end of December, yeah, we'll I think it. it's going to be north of 7% you do, uh, because yep. it's going to be pent out, which brings you that average. I'm thinking about 37 to 4%, a little less than what you guys are saying. I Overall for the year. Overall for the mm -hmm. year. So the first part will be about that flat. one, one and a half, yeah. mm -hmm. kind of flat if you want to call it. The later part of the year is where it's going to really pick up, but it gives us that full year average <sighs> of about 3.7%. Well, I think we're all saying the same thing. Um, roughly, yeah. yeah. To Chris's point earlier, the reason I think he mentioned, and I know I feel it all the time in the business, that we don't we didn't like that twenty one percent increase in the year of what was it end of twenty twenty one the whole year of twenty twenty one. Some would say, well, you real estate agents would love that, but when mm -hmm. we're working with buyers, we were going into multiple offers on a property with sixty seven offers, mm -hmm. and only one person won. So sixty six people went home that night disappointed. Hurt that they My, didn't minus, get the home. Minus 300 bucks in their pockets. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, because they did the home inspection is probably more than that. The home inspection, the gas, the food and all mm -hmm. that, a lot more than mm -hmm. the $300 that they probably lost around on that night. However, when you see something go up that quickly at 21% mm -hmm. year over year, you know it's going to come down. I, mm -hmm. To the friends, I mean, you're obviously from Alberta, uh, Red Deer specifically. I've always said it's very cyclical, and mm -hmm. that's why I like the GTA, because you it's that slow and steady that has always helped mm -hmm. us here in the GTA. And so for people who think, oh, you guys want to see it go past 10, 12 percent. No, the business is not mm -hmm. fun no, for don't. us when you have it's not that many. And it's not sustainable. We want a regular market where we can put our own experience and savvy to, to be the value prop. That's how we win 
from a transactional real estate perspective, not with the jerks, the ups and downs. When mm-hmm. people think we're winning, it's not winning. No. Yeah. No, we not. win during slow, steady, stable markets mm-hmm. where we can flex with our marketing expertise. Mm-hmm. We're marketers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we do well. Mm-hmm. So when things are nice and quiet, it's easy to stand out when you have something unique, meaning you can make noise, you can sing better, you can mm-hmm. dance mm-hmm. better. That's how you stick out. Mm-hmm. When you stick out for the negative attention of a market going like this, mm-hmm. it's not fun for everyone. I want to leave my guys with one thing from each of us. Because my viewers and listeners do sway in that 25 to you know, 37, 38 year kind of range. When homes are priced at where they're priced at now, they're going to go up a little, they're going to go down a little. We, 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 spo- we spoke about that. What are some uh, one tactic or two tactics for a younger person to get into the market for the first time when getting a down payment of $100,000, maybe it's $80,000 on, on an average condo of call it 600000 you don't need to have 20% down as a first-time home buyer. I know a lot of people think you need to always have 20% down. That's for an investor. They still need to come up with about $80,000, $90,000, okay, on that $600,000 purchase. That's a safe thing. You can do it with 5% down. We always recommend try to get to that 10%. What are some of ways that they, people in that age group can get into the market, Chris? In terms of... Just getting into the market for the first time. Like, if we look at our friends here behind the camera... Like, how to save one, money? One, two, three, everyone is renting. Here. Like, you're asking how to save money? It's not really the save the money. What are some maybe tactics? So, let me maybe start to jog your guys' kind of thought process. I think one of the best ways to get into the market from an age group of guys who are renting right now is house hacking, for example. For sure. Okay? So, stomach the least amount of home that you possibly can. Mm-hmm. You got to deal with this insecurity, internal thing that you might be going through that because my buddy Chris Slightum bought yeah, a, just get off a of beautiful, Instagram. How about you just get off of yeah, Instagram? A beautiful yeah, that's, a good, 15, that's a perfect tactic that's a perfect, right there. Well, there, start there. <laughs> a beautiful 1,500 square foot condo that now I need to buy that. Stomach the least, of home, least amount of home possible, meaning live in the basement. Live in the basement, rent out the upstairs. It's what my parents did in 1973 when they came to Canada. Taxi driver, my father his whole life, factory worker, my mother. They could not put a down payment together, but they started there. Mm -hmm. That's how they got started. So that's one way. What is maybe another way that they can get into the market? Well, I'm going to just say like straight up. It's the expectation first and foremost. Okay. So a lot of things I'm, I'm going to say right now might not be very popular. That's fine. You're um, not that popular. Uh, like or, that or, or, and I also don't like sugarcoating either. Exactly. So, yeah, so let me just put, it th- put this straight. Instagram is hurting a lot more people a lot worse ways because they give up before they even start. So I would say put away the social media and the comparison. Put that away. Mm-hmm. Especially if the feed, just really quickly, Simos, let me just throw something in there. Social media could be really, really bad for you. On the flip side, it could be really good. For it you. could be really good too if you follow the right things. If, yeah, like because if you open up my feed right now in social media, all platforms—TikTok, Instagram, yep. YouTube—you will see two to three types of videos. You will see sports videos, highlights from the Dallas Cowboys. That's my escapism. Yeah, it's what just gets me away from everything. The second thing will be some type of inspiring message. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I have. 
unless it's because you don't want to hear you, you don't want to hear negativity. There's no negativity in my feed whatsoever, and even this other inspiring stuff. It's not people with a private jet. Correct, because that's not inspiring. It's just not inspiring. Well, it's to also me. a lie. Right? But how about that? It's also a lie. Possibly, yes. But, but it's not possibly. Yeah. It is a lie. <laughs> Great. It is it is curated content, but to create FOMO. So, but that's what I want. I want people to understand what you just said. That you will get what you put yourself out like to, whatever you put your thoughts to, you will bring about. We so talked about sugarcoating. If, sugar that, coding, if right? me so. and you had a private jet, mm-hmm. would we actually put it on social media? The answer is no. Nobody who has a private jet going about their business, living yeah. their best life, yeah. is putting it on social media. Yeah. That is a lie. It's fictitious. My helicopter is on the helipad of exactly. the top of the studio. So, right so if know you know as a fact that the only reason a videographer was hired to take an angle of a jet yeah. with you slowly walking up the stairs yes. is for you to sell something, yeah. Yeah. you cannot be possibly that naive... To fall, to be jealous. That is not a real expectation for a 25-year-old man mm. who is looking to go from renting to owning. Yeah. So if we were to just stop that right there and now actually talk strategies, yeah. which involve meal prepping, yeah. meal prepping, house hacking. So you cannot, in an economy where inflation is killing everyone, and lunch is a bare minimum of 15 to $20 in Toronto now. Period. Not mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. But in this city, we can go to McDonald's. I just saw it on Instagram. Mm. 1470 for a meal. For a combo. For a combo. Which I paid three ninety nine for. So so we're not talking about extra size or mega size or what <laughs> yeah, have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A combo yeah. is fifteen bucks. So if McDonald's, I was gonna say McShetty's. So if McDonald's <laughs> is fifteen bucks, a restaurant is twenty five to thirty. Mm-hmm. A takeout at Metro at any grocery store is fifteen. 12 to 15 to get a salad, some chickpeas and some chicken, whatever the case may be. If you are eating out, you will never buy a home. Mm -hmm. You don't get paid enough. Mm -hmm. So until your value prop as a human being changes to the marketplace, marketplace, marketplace. so until you're worth more, and you will never be worth more unless you can invest in yourself and do certain things. Mm -hmm. So house hacking means either you and five friends put a down payment together. Occupy the premises, try to even occupy two rooms and rent out the rest Mm -hmm. so you can actually graduate into a bigger property. It's the only way. It's the way I got my first home. The first thing I did is I bought it. I put a kitchen in the basement and it was still connected. It wasn't even done properly. But the guy who I was working with moved in downstairs. So he gave me a hundred bucks a month for gas, gave me 900 bucks a month for the basement. Mm -hmm. Things worked out. Then I met my wife. Then that household income became double because she was working for the government. But if anybody's wondering how it was done, or it was, did anybody start rich? Nobody started rich. Mm, yep. Everybody comes from, like, you're, we know exactly where you're from, where I'm from. Like, it, these are not maybe stories. These are real. Mm-hmm. Stop looking at garbage, fake stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want to be real about home ownership, it's not a right, it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. So the dream of home ownership is going to be a dream forever unless you act on it. And the only way 20-year-olds right now in a market this vicious, if you want to stick to Toronto, you can move to Newfoundland, find something for 200000 mm-hmm. No problem. But if you want to stick to Toronto, if this is your dream, where you're competing at 1.1, 1. 1, 
the only way to make it is by stop doing stupid shit at all accounts. Well, I like the expectation part, right? Because we say 1.1, but not all real estate in the GTA is $1.1 million. No, it's 500000 for so There's a lot of $550,000 condos all over the so place. So why don't we give them, why don't we give everybody an insider tip for December 2023? Hang on one second. I want to go to Christopher for a go. second. Chris, yeah. what would be your one hack or one strategy that that 25 to 35 year old kind of person can take on? Well, I, I think you guys have really covered it off. You've got to figure out how to spend less than you make. Period. Period. It's the it only way. So simple. It sounds so simple. It's not easy, and I yes. respect that because it isn't. And and you're right on with the math in terms of. But uh, you know, we were taught as from very young that you had to figure that out to spend less than you make, and it's not easy. I'm not suggesting this is a walk in the park. But you have to figure it out. And if that means living in mom and dad's basement for a few years so that you can put some money away. It is what it is. It is what it is. If it means going to grocery shopping for groceries and not spending on Uber Eats and all these easy, fast things, right, on your device, which is not easy. I get it. It's not glamorous. It's not fun. But you have to make that decision to figure out how to spend less than you make to build up some 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 savings and i want people to really understand you if you've been listening to the podcast for the last few years you've heard me speak about success leaving clues people who have done what you're wanting to accomplish have left a lot of clues they come through books they come through mentorship videos youtube you can find them you just got to go pick up those clues i will never forget the day you told me in a hallway that you had a Toyota Camry for a very long time. And I knew, if you don't mind me saying, I knew you could afford a lot better car mm -hmm. in terms of what people on the outside would think is a more expensive and luxurious car. But you stuck with the Camry because it got you from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. um, a, a few years, your junior... I just went and in the last three months picked up a Toyota Camry. I'm at a place right now that I could even afford a more luxurious car, but I got the Camry to bring everything full circle because I'm thinking about my 10-year plan. Mm -hmm. And my plan is I want more people because more people allow me to do more things and mm -hmm. it's more fun and I'm just in a happier state with more people around me. But the fact that I was able to now invest into a $15,000 Camry and not a $250,000 Lambo, no <laughs> shots at anybody who has those, like, do you, Mazel Tov, whatever. Um, but that allows me to now get more people. And so in terms of success leaving clues, thank you, Christopher, for You're leaving welcome. that clue for me because I needed to pick that up as well. Guys, we are approaching the holiday season. I know how busy your guys' schedules are. I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Festivus for the rest of us. All that goodness to you, your family, to the viewers and the listeners. Uh, thank you so much. And all that to you guys as well. Did you guys want to sign off on anything? I just, I just want to say that this is the first time we're doing a podcast collab. So this is going Ooh, to be yes, please. the Broker's Playbook end of year special. Uh, which is the visit to my partner's studio uh, and uh, an appearance on the Jazz Tacar podcast. So 
I couldn't be happier to be here with my two business partners in this world. So thank you for housing us. Thank you for your generosity and everything you do for us all year, Chris. Thank you. Um, you're always there for us, supporting us and our clients. And Mr. Jess Pinder, Tuckart. Thank you. Another year in the books, Home Slice. And it, we would be remiss if Thanks we didn't mention sir. Christopher's beautiful, beautiful younger brother, like actual brother. The Jeffrey the Slido. Same mother. The. Mm -hmm. The. The. <laughs> the Jeffrey, Jeffrey Slidom. We love you, Mr. Jeffrey Slidom. And. I'm going to have a grievance. Is this the time for a grievance? No, no, I don't have the poll from Seinfeld. Where's the chocolate? Where's the chocolate bar? We don't have the poll Where's from the chocolate bar? Uh, Christopher, Merry Christmas to you and your family, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Simeon. Thanks for having me Bless here today. It's a lot of fun, and uh, congratulations on all your success. Really, it's uh, it's a real honor to be able to work together. And and you know, when we we're all like minded about taking care of people, thinking long term, and you guys have done an incredible job. So it's an honor. All right, we'll see you in the new year, family. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you so very much for spending your time with us here at Brokers Playbook. This is a growing community. If you found value in this video, please invite others to subscribe and of course, share the videos with. We'll see you soon.